Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we're going to do something a little different. Uh, Lex and I went to go see Us together. Uh, it's opening weekend. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with the movie, it is Jordan Peele directed, written, produced. It's a horror movie about doppelgangers. Um, we'll we'll be as spoiler free as possible initially, and then we'll tell you when the spoiler wall drops. It's real hard to talk about this movie without getting into specifics. Yeah, and I would encourage anybody who can to go into this knowing as little as possible. I hadn't even seen a trailer before I saw the movie and I'm actually quite pleased that I yeah did. I uh I went back and watched the trailers after you told me that and I was like oh I think I'm I, I think I'm glad I didn't remember most parts of it because there are a couple things that I'm like oh I it's better if I don't know that because that first the first trailer went up right around Christmas didn't it I think so right and I at once I had made it about a week and I realized I hadn't watched it yet I went let's see if I can make it to the theater without seeing anything else from this movie yeah so um, we we both liked it. I think we had discussed that a little bit afterwards. Um, so general thoughts, general feelings. Uh, you guys know that I'm not a horror person. I'm a big, creepy, scary baby boy. And I managed to like it. I, I also am a big proponent of supporting Jordan Peele because he's great. Yes. Uh, dude has proven in just two features that he's one of the best doing it. Yeah. Um, so do you have any like overarching thoughts about it? I think this thing's really good. Yeah. I, when I when we walked out of it uh, and we talked briefly because I, I we figured that we would talk about it here. I said to you something to the effect of I definitely liked it, but I feel like I need some time to sit and think about it, probably read what other people are saying about it and try and put some thoughts together. We only saw it yesterday, so I feel like I'm still very much in the process of doing that. Yeah. But the more I examine the movie and the more I examine the different conversations people are having about the movie, the more and more and more impressed I become. And I was pretty impressed when I walked out, but now far more so. And, and one of my favorite things about this movie, and we really can't, can't, can't get any more specific than this without spoiling stuff, but there are a number of elements in this movie that are largely left up to interpretation and it's so fascinating how so many people are interpreting different elements in totally different ways mm -hmm. and the movie supports them all equally yeah and i that's real hard to do like david lynch is one of the only guys i know that can do that consistently right um and if you're completely literal minded that might bug you a little bit and okay you do you that's fine i am profoundly impressed when somebody can pull that off and and especially still make it feel accessible mm -hmm. the way that Jordan Peele managed to do here. Yeah, and I also found I think the thing that struck me the most is how well it balanced the horror elements with overall humor. Um and if you've done like extensive film study, you know that like or horror and humor or comedy um kind of live in the same realm in that they both rely on the element of surprise. Yes. So the ability to kind of wrap those two things and balance those two tones is really well done. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, would, like, you, would you say it's a funnier movie than Get Out? Because Get Out has some really hilarious moments. But if I recall, this movie may have actual like more 
laugh character moments than that one does. I would say yes, because I think that the humor is integrated a lot more with the main plot. Whereas like I felt that the humor in Get Out was kind of separate in that it's very uh, specific to the Lil Ray character. Yes. Um, and like maybe maybe uh, Chris or Daniel Kaluuya will do a thing here and there. But like overall, it was very much separate from the main plot. Yes. Whereas I feel like they they will do in us uh, a moment that is specifically terrifying shortly followed by something that is uh, hilarious, like something that is funny in a way that like is natural to those characters. Yes. And it makes them feel so much more human. It makes them feel so much less like the stock characters that I think a lesser writer may have presented them as. And the effect is such that you, because they feel human and because early in the film, the, the Jordan Peele gives you an opportunity to really like these characters you find yourself genuinely worried for them and genuinely concerned about whether something is going to happen to them. Right. And so you can then really play with building tension and cutting tension and rebuilding tension and cutting tension because you actually care about these people. You are exactly. not unlike a lot of horror movies in which they throw some characters on the table and you as an audience member are just like, yeah, I don't care. Just let them get off now. Yeah. That's the fun. That's why I'm here, damn it. And like, yeah, that's legit. Um, that That's totally fine. But it's so much harder to get you completely invested in the characters and and not be waiting for the, the monster or the scary thing to happen, right? Like, I enjoyed spending time with them before shit descended, you know? Right. And you get a lot, you get a lot of time with the family kind of building your repertoire repertoire rapport with them yep that's how words work um you you get to build your familiarity with them because it, it takes i want to say at least like 30 minutes before any of the horror elements start jumping in you get little little bits you know you get little unsettling details but right. it takes a while for things to yeah kick into that gear and so with that feeling I I entered the horror element not wanting any of my characters to go away. Like I legitimately feared for their safety. Yes. Which is what you well which which is I guess what you want in a in a, a flick that is specifically character driven. Yes. Um so I feel like now we should drop down the spoiler wall because I think we've reached a point where we can't say anything outside of the spoiler realm. We can't uh, not go into specifics. Yeah, again, very, very difficult movie to talk about without spoiling some elements. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm not. I, I don't even necessarily mean only any kind of twists in the plot. I mean, this movie becomes something different than I think a lot of people expect it to be. Yeah. And there's there's no way to really talk about what the movie is without spoiling that and that the experience is such that like, no, go in fresh and let the movie surprise you and take you on that journey. Right. Um, and so now I'm going to give you the usual countdown that I do uh, just in case you're driving and you're trying to reach for your phone to, to make it pause and you're, you just can't hit that button. I don't want to say anything before you've been able to hit that button. So now I've stalled a good amount of time. And so I'm counting it down. Three, 
two, one. Can you believe that uh, Jordan Peele pulled his dick out for 30 minutes of the movie? So crazy. And his dick was a sled the whole time. It was. And it like flirted, it bifurcated like a like a rose. This is I mean, gross. You see okay. the behind the scenes video and he's just got the little mocap dots on it. <laughs> okay. Didn't happen. This, this is, yeah, this is definitely offensive to somebody. Uh, yeah, probably. Jordan Peele's like, that never happened. <laughs> and then goes home and writes that movie. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's a sister thing to uh, teeth. Oh no. Um, but so, um, yes, I think when we immediately ended the movie, your your first words were it's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um. And I would agree. Like I I I feel like not even until this morning when I was able to just start like kind of reading other people's perspectives was I able to really start putting things together for myself because there's there's a lot that happens in this movie. Um. The way that the trailers sell it, you only really get the first like, I want to say like the first 30 minutes you get the family stuff and then you get the introduction of the double doppelgangers but not much beyond that um but there's so much story after because there are um there's it's it's a grander scale story than you're led to believe very much so it it becomes uh, almost almost less of a traditional horror movie than sort of an apocalyptic supervillain story right and I think that something I, I think initially I kind of was like shying away from, but the more that I think about it, I'm fine with, and that this movie isn't about answering like unnecessary questions. I had, I left the theater with a lot of questions, but they're very dumb nitpicky questions like who, 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 who did it? Or like, so who did the it that we're referring to? Uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie. Uh, the villains of the movie are called the Tethered, and they are exact physical copies of human beings. And it's alluded to that back in the day, whenever the day was in question, the government did some kind of experiments that would clone the physical form of people. They started doing it on rabbits, and I assume that's why all those rabbits are there. Right. But they found that they couldn't replicate the soul, so they ended up creating these essentially shadow people that are the byproducts of other people. And over time, there became more of them and more of them and more of them, and they were abandoned, and they right. live in these underground tunnels. There, they, That already raises a bunch of unanswered questions, right? right? Because if this was a long time ago, like, yeah, one, who are these people? Two, why were they doing what they were doing? Three, where'd they go? Four, if this was generations ago how is it that we're actually developing like the same we're still making exact copies down there like through breeding i suppose yeah. uh, of people that are being born now right i don't think any of that shit's important right exactly and it's going to really bother a lot of literal minded people and okay if that's how you watch stuff that's okay that's legitimate i don't want to take that from you but i don't think any of that shit is important at right. all because it's what we were saying earlier in that this is 
it's a character story. It is literally about the progression of Lupita Nyong'o's character. So, uh, of course, as everybody knows, even if you haven't seen the movie yet, Lupita Nyong'o is playing two characters, uh, both Adelaide and her tethered counterpart, a character that apparently is called Red, although I do not believe she is referred to as such in the movie. Right. And so... Oh, but also, holy shit, is Lupita Nyong'o incredible in this thing. Oh, she's amazing. Holy shit. Like, this is... And, of course, like, the the Academy does not recognize uh, genre movies almost ever, but uh, this is, to me, an Academy Award caliber performance. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. we. I mean, we're starting to get some of those genre movies in the the mix, so who knows? I mean, Danny Cools was, uh, was nominated for Get Out. That's a good point. So this is actually not outside the realm of possibility whatsoever. Yeah. That would make me very happy to see because holy shit, she's doing incredible work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it's, it's all about her character. Like, her, her family are an extension of her, and so you care about them. But, like, you start the journey with her as a child, and you end the journey with her with her children mm-hmm. um, and what revelations in between there. But I, I really, so all the other stuff is literally unimportant because it's happening because of her. Like she was the leader of the, her being red was the leader of the uh, tethered. And so they wouldn't be coming from underground if not for her. Mm-hmm. And so it's, Everything is from her perspective. So, like, all the other questions, she doesn't know it, so we don't know it. Right. Yeah. But, but, but again, like, e- even if she does know it, it's just, it's all incidental. Right. Um, and I don't mind that the mythology is unclear. To some people, that will read as a, a weakness, but I don't think it is because it's really, uh, there is, look, there's a lot of plot in this movie, but it's not... Which, which makes it a little weird to say that it's not really about plot. It really is about character and it's about theme more than it is about those things. So the fact that it's just an unknown, you can fill in whatever you want because they yeah. can answer that question for you. But then the movie almost has to become about that. And that's that's just it's so incidental to what the movie seems to be intending to be about. Right. Um, and so I... My favorite part of the movie is is related to the big twist. So I feel like I have to talk about that. Okay, so it's a double spoiler wall and shit. Um I mean, we can go without it. No, I, I feel just... like I feel like we have to because this movie as I've already said, this movie is not what you think it is walking in and then you get to the final moments of the movie and you realize it's something else entirely on top of that right and going back and watching it a second time i would imagine it's a completely different movie yep uh, so let's let's talk about this this twist okay so the the big twist in as many as few words as possible is that uh red is the original uh adeline and adeline is the original red they switched places in the that hall of mirrors, in the, hall of mirrors. When, in the opening sequence right. when they meet each other. And so for me, the interesting thing about that is that the, the implication when you find out the backstory of the tethered is that they were created and they didn't have souls, but you spend all this time with uh, Adeline and she is a 
fully fleshed character. Like it took time. Like you get the flashbacks of her um, not being able to speak as a kid. And then you see that like now she's, she's not keen on holding long conversations, but she's able to do it. And she was able to raise these kids and have a loving relationship with uh, Gabe, who is the character played by Winston Duke. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of flips this whole concept of these people who were basically made to stand their ground uh, being soulless means that if they were given the chance at any point, they could have been allowed to develop into fully fleshed human beings. Which starts to get at one of the thematic interpretations of the movie, which is, of course, the tethered or an allegory for any group that's othered or the uh, that are the have-nots as opposed to the haves. Right. And how in our society, we tend to look very much look down on people who are downtrodden. And a lot of people think to themselves, well, if they just worked as hard as I do, then they would have more. They'd have what I have, which, of course, is bullshit. It's just a fundamentally bullshit premise. Most people who have less have less because they are never given an opportunity to have more. A lot of people work way harder than the haves. And their hard work doesn't pay off because they're not fortunate enough to be in a position where it will. And that's not their fault. If given the same opportunity like equality of opportunity of course does not equal quality of result frankly frankly nor should it uh but given equality of opportunity a lot of people may actually be able to and not in this the case of this movie specifically it's like become a fully fledged human but given the opportunity maybe some of the have-nots really would excel just as fully but they're not given the opportunity to do so right um, and there's also this idea that people who are suppressed long enough may view the only option uh, to be a violent re- revolution. So that gets to another interpretation of this movie that I'm really, uh, I'm really enjoying. I've seen a few people online talking about how they view this movie as extremely and pointedly political. And that the tethered are allegories for specifically the Republican Party. Interesting. And it kind of gets at the heart of what you're talking about, that there are these people that have always been there and they've they've felt outcast and they felt abandoned and they felt left behind. And at a certain point that turns into resentment, that turns into anger. And they've been uh, they've been organizing and they've been sort of planning their emergence and now they're given an opportunity to do so. Yeah. And they're super pissed off and they, they want to, they, they need an outlet for that anger. And so they turn it on the people that they feel have oppressed them, shunned them, left them behind. Hmm. That's an interesting interpretation. Also, uh, the, it's a couple of writers on uh, slash film, uh, that did this excellent back and forth and they were talking about, that idea specifically and then how they all wear these red jumpsuits. That's another thing that'll probably bug literal minded people. Where did they get all these matching red jumpsuits? Again, I don't think that's really important, but red, obviously the color associated with that political party, but also the uh, hands across America thing. Yeah. The, the, one of these writers pointed out that uh, it was a big Reagan thing. That, that was a big Reagan thing. And also look at what happens at the end of the movie with all these tethered holding hands and doing their own hands across America. Yeah. They literally built a wall. Mm. They literally built a wall and it will also do nothing. (laughs) 
interesting. Yeah, I uh, I want to pull up the names of these writers because I think it's a great piece that people should go check out. Um, but they they really dig into that thematic interpretation, and one writer feels very strongly about that, and the other writer doesn't necessarily read that into the movie, but their interpretations are equally support. Like you can read all of that into it, and the movie will sustain that that uh, interpretation. Right. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be like the let's say Republican Party. Even, I know, like me me talking about this is like people are going to get mad at us, but no, I mean, it's I'm one just, I didn't say it's, it's mine. I didn't say it's mine. I'm not othering you guys, but I, it's it's something people are reading into the movie. And no, I'm more piggybacking off of the idea in that, like, even if your interpretation is like, let's say the Republican Party, but it, it goes further than that in that it is in, in it is any situation that essentially becomes a revolution. Like same thing that happened in France where the monarchs were hoarding all the power and the wealth, like then it eventually became the platform for, for people to rise up and dethrone their uh, other people. Like there could, I mean, and if someone were to try to bridge that gap, then yes, there could have been a uh, like diplomacy on either side, but that bridging that gap is hard, especially if you aren't able to look down and, and, and see the actual people being affected by it. Yes. Um, so real quick, the, the slash film piece that I was referencing, the title of the article is Us Movie Explained, Exploring the Biggest Questions and Craziest Twists in Jordan Peele's Film. And it's a conversation between uh, writers Jacob Hall and Ben Pearson. I, okay. I recommend it a whole bunch because they, they dig deep into some of the stuff that we're talking about. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. And I'll I'll uh, link it in the description below if you want to be able to just click it while you're listening. Because um, this is this is a movie that is also insanely detailed. Yeah. And insanely layered. And there are so many little visual signifiers and Easter eggs. And it's uh, I'm pulling up like you could go now and Google like, you know, Easter eggs in us. And people are like actually like eagle eyed people are keying into them and what the potential significance of that would be yeah um like one of them there's a moment in the movie where adelaide sees a spider right it, the the two girls adelaide and red both when they that first meeting in that uh, hall of mirrors they're both whistling the itsy bitsy spider mm-hmm. and she sees a real spider crawling on a fake plastic spider like shit like that interesting um ooh, i feel like there's so much more not research but just like digging in like this will literally send me down a rabbit hole pun intended um you know because they go down a hole and there's rabbits you also, get it also to the rabbits right eventually when we when we go down into those tunnels we see that the rabbits have been released and they're like i guess they become the source of food for the tethered yeah uh but they're also rabbits are known for how they fornicate and procreate and if left unchecked they will ravage their environments by just breeding and breeding and breeding and breeding and breeding themselves into, into destruction, which yeah. sounds familiar. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, uh, we are perfectly populated, uh, especially since that big snap. That's been really nice. That's true. Uh, like what? There's half, half the people are gone. Yeah. Traffic in LA is amazing. So much better. They did. We, it took a lot of effort to clear away a lot of the empty vehicles. Right. But once we did, and hey, there's some nice cars out there. Nobody's going to be mad if you just kind of grab one. That's true. Yeah. They were just, it was collected and redistributed. Um, there's a word for that. Hmm. I can't remember what the word is, though. <laughs> 
Um, but un uh, unrelated, Red was really well put together. Yes. Um, the like a lot of the people who are talking about her are saying that like one of the big clues that the twi- the twist happened or the switch happened is that she's the only one who can speak English, mm-hmm. um, which is, is something that none of the other tethereds could do. Right. Um, so you could imagine that like she originally got that from being in the world prior. Yes. And that, that first scene where they have uh, descended upon the home and the family is now at their mercy when red first starts talking, yeah. Holy shit, that's unsettling. Oh, yeah. Like, incredibly distressing. But also, right, like, once you know that that was the original Adelaide, and and this is where it gets really confusing, because it's like, who, what, what name is corresponding to which character at which time? Um, but knowing what you find out in the final moments of the movie... Uh, that that scene takes on such a radically different context mm-hmm. because you find out that that Adelaide, our protagonist, presumably she knows exactly why they're there, right? And it's no longer a scene of uh uh you know like a, a domestic assault necessarily, um, where she has no clue what's happening the way it plays the first time you watch it, but in fact it's a scene where she she knows exactly why Red is there. And she's probably been waiting for some version of this moment. And it's about her awareness that this is not random. This is specific vengeance. Right. And you you start to realize why Red wanted to savor it so much. Because when you get to the other family, they are immediately stabbed and dispensed with. And it's basically no big deal. Oh, they're, they're slightly better off uh, white, quote unquote, friends. Right. Yes. Um, who also too, like, um, the, the disparity between the haves and the have nots is a big through line in this movie. And even though Adelaide's family is, they're, they're middle-class, they're pretty okay. Like they can take vacations, they have a beach house, they're doing all right. Yeah. But they have friends that have more than they do and they aren't necessarily shy about reminding them, not necessarily in a pointed way, but yeah. in subtle, almost like microaggression ways. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, Josh, the husband of the white family, uh, I, Tim Heidecker. Yeah. I really liked his doppelganger. Yeah. Um, Cause he's just silly. Like, I, I don't know why his doppelganger is so silly, but like he does the, <laughs> he does the like, too slow bit yeah Um, and as he's chasing gabe like he's just he's just like dancing down the stairs he's having a good time yeah yeah um i liked it i i like that because it also shows you that the doppelgangers it's like one of the first moments you really get a sense that the doppelgangers aren't just like mindless killing machines they do retain some traits of the the person that they are i guess tethered to right Right. it's just that they're it's like the shadow self but they're still the same way that uh elizabeth moss her doppelganger looks at herself in the mirror and like starts because she's she uh, her character alludes to having had a little bit of work done yeah so then this character literally cuts her own face and she also puts on lipstick and starts making faces at herself in the mirror like chasing that idealized image of of beauty that we're all so conditioned we should be pursuing right um oh yeah i didn't even think about it uh 
the Eliz- the like Elizabeth Moth face cutting thing. I uh, I've been reading a lot about this movie the last twelve hours or so. <laughs> um, it's really good. Uh, so I highly recommend. I assume that if you've listened this far, you've already seen it. Um, so let us know what you thought about it. Uh, I would say go on our Twitter, which is Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T, and give us your thoughts about us, the movie, um, and let us know how, uh, if you enjoyed it, how you felt about it, what you thought of the big twist. Um, if you go see it a second time, let us know things that you caught on your second time around. Right, and like we're really only scratching the surface here. There is so much more to dig into where this movie's concerned. I do one thing. Did you at all see the twist coming? Um I I wasn't sure. Um I thought it was a possibility. Uh but I what I wasn't sure what the big twist was going to be if um especially once we got to the grander scale of it. Like I thought that yeah, maybe in the initial family uh, confrontation that like, yeah, maybe there was going to be a, a switch, but I, I didn't, I didn't know where it was going from the moment that they realized that we realized it was a, a nationwide thing. Right. Uh, and that, that moment was wild. Like when you see the other families, doppelgangers kill them. And then later when they're watching the news and you see, this is a, a global thing right. practically. Um, Knowing that Jordan Peele is a Twilight Zone guy, so much so that he is now the Twilight Zone guy, right? I assumed there was going to be some kind of twist coming that would hinge on the two of them switching places. They, this, it's still the way they, he, they executed it still shocked me. Right. I was, I was prepared for the what. I was not at all prepared for the how that they would execute it. And like, mm-hmm. it's still super fucking effective. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that is our discussion on us. Um, I'm going to jump to our question of the week. So last week we asked, what are your craziest Avengers Endgame theories? And, uh, our good friend Ruth Ann said, goose gets inside the gauntlet and hisses and scrapes claw or swipes claws at anyone who comes near it. Just that for like three hours. Um, which I really liked. Uh, I, I posed a few and, uh, some people agreed with me. So, uh, in percentage order at 14%, people thought that pepper forms a band with salt. What is, what is salt? Or is it just the, just the table salt? It's table salt. Like pepper pepper pots and a handful of table salt. (laughs) Yes. Or salt from salt and pepper, my dude. Ah, that makes more sense. Um, uh, 29% agreed that Rocket eats Thanos' face. I'd watch that. Yeah. He's probably real mad at that dude. All his friends are dead now. Probably. Well, Thor's alive. I feel like they're buds now. (laughs) Uh, But a resounding number of people at 57%. Said the two captains kiss. Ooh. I don't know if I ship them. What? I don't know if I ship them. Uh, but you have to. I kind of like the idea that exists, I think, subtextually in Captain Marvel that maybe she and Maria had a thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that better than shipping her with, with Steve. Although, like, I, I do want both of them to end up with somebody who will respect them and treat them well. That's true. Uh, I think my my current favorite theory about Avengers Endgame floating around online is that uh, Ant-Man will crawl up Thanos' butt and expand. 
Ooh, I like that. I wish I could credit that to somebody accurately, but uh, that's that's floating around, and that's that's one I quite like. That's a good one. Uh, Dean Eaton at Geekus Dean said that the true power, the true superpower, was friendship the whole time. That is largely what these movies are about. That's true. Um, so those were our, those were our sweet sweet answers that we got on the question of the week, and we will be posting the next question of the week on our Twitter. So make sure to follow to uh, get those. We'll retweet those uh, whenever they come about. Lex, where can they find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Excellent. You can find me at Tari J T A U R I J A Y. Also on Twitter and Instagram. But most importantly, as I've said, you can find this podcast at missing outcast m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t that is on twitter and instagram uh so interact let us know your thoughts on things and uh make sure to answer the questions and we'll talk about it here on the show um that's it those are the things um we really hope you enjoyed us uh and we hope you join us tomorrow we will be talking about His Girl Friday, the 1940s movie directed by Howard Hawks, uh, starring Cary Grant and Rosalind Russell. So it should be a really fun conversation. So we hope you tune in. Oh my gosh. I agree. Thank you. Lex, good, good input. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.